say something man just yeah. just say so something you know like for me anyway to kind of like sit back and look at you know the fans that we have the people that are like when's the next episode going on for you know the guests we get you know from the lego batman director lieber mayo um you know jay oliva brandon vietti you know dana knockman who did back in begins um so many guys like i I should even I should stop mentioning guest names because I'm leaving gonna leave someone out. And that would be you know, Paul Dini from there you go. Just all these amazing, you know, people that we've had on, we've had amazing content for over hundred episodes. You know, the sound quality hasn't always been the best, and I blame that on myself the last episode. I've talked about that. But anyway, we just wanna say thank you for a hundred episodes. We really try our best to, you know. Do the best that we can, and we're looking forward to the next hundred, you know, and then, you know, eventually we'll get to 500 and then 1,000. So this is an ongoing, ever-long kind of a thing. So from my heart, you know, you know, thank you so much for listening, for tuning in. It's been amazing, amazing episode, amazing 100 episodes, and I never thought, you know, you know, when me, Kyle, and Tom kind of like started this whole thing, we're like, wouldn't it be cool to get this person on? And wouldn't it be cool to get that person on? And then to actually have that happen, you know, kind of, kind of is awesome. And I want to let, you know, Kyle or Tom take the next lead on this. Um, I, I, I really just want to say thank you to the fans, too. We wouldn't do this if you guys didn't download and listen and interact and go to Twitter and talk to us and go to our Patreon and help us run things. And I really appreciate the community, the, the Shanley on Batman community. It, you know, it just started as an idea and we really have a community now. So that's really incredible. Um, we've obviously, as Justin said, went through some transitions, some for better, some for worse, but everything's smooth. Everything sounds good. Our guests, we still have guests that are coming on. We still have things to talk about. We still have Batman to be excited for. And I don't think that's going to go away for years to come. I mean, I don't think, I don't think any of this superhero stuff is going to go away. And as you know, if you've listened to Shanley and on Batman in the past, all things lead back to Batman. So I'm ready to do, a few hundred more of these things. As long as you guys will listen, I'll keep talking. Um, thanks a lot. Uh, 100. It's awesome. Kyle, what do you got to say, man? 
Yeah, totally. Everything. I just want to repeat everything you said, basically. <laughs> but never in our wireless streams did we think that a couple of years later, this is where it'd be at. It, it just kind of became so, something so much bigger than we ever anticipated. And uh, for that, we just want to say thank you so much for the fans that have listened to us over the years. And we hope to continue providing you with some awesome shows over the next few years as well. And Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I was going to say that, you know, you said something, you know, it's a community, but I'm going to take this one from Cedric Ramos. He calls us, the, like, the nation, so the, oh, the Shannon yes. Batman nation is strong. Good call. It's, going, it's only going to get stronger. And, you know, something I should, you know, say thank you to are the guests that we get on. You know, each, every guest that we get on, you know, they take time out of their day, out of their busy schedule to come sit, you know, and chat with us and you know we just had a mayor on did that i never thought in a million years i'd be like hey mayor garcia or you know mayor whoever any mayor yeah i'm about batman and superman and our favorite characters and heroes and you know what do you think about this and we be like that you know that never really you know came across you know obviously there are like staples let's get this person out let's talk to that person and you know here we are you know talking to a public official who is in charge of the lives of, you know, he said 500,000 people in a city and who actually might be a mayor in a live action Batman movie. So um, that's going to be cool. So that's going to be tonight's episode. Episode 100 is going to be with the amazing Robert Garcia. You, you know, if you listen to the show, um, if you are a part of the Twitter community for the love of the DCEU and Zack Snyder, you know who he is. He's one of the strongest uh, voices, one of the most positive voices for, you know, the DCEU going forward. Loves Zack Snyder. You're going to hear all about that. And, you know, like I said earlier, like I never thought I'd get to talk to a mayor and, you know. Yeah. And Mayor Garcia is like, he was a super nice, super, super laid back dude and uh he tells a story you'll hear it It, it, it's it's towards the top of the podcast but he tells a story how comic books helped him adapt to the united states that is incredible i mean listen listen kids if you read comic books you can become a mayor like come on that's awesome i had a blast talking to him and i hope you guys enjoy listening to it episode 100 good job guys and now for your listening pleasure the mayor of Long Beach, California, Robert Garcia. Enjoy. Where were you introduced to the character of Batman? What, or how were you introduced to the character of Batman? Yeah, I mean, I was introduced to Batman really through comics. And so I started reading comics as a kid. So I'm I'm 39 now. And I probably started, I picked up my first comic probably when I was about six or seven years old. And so uh, I was at a local thrifty, which is like an old ice cream place. They used to have these little... 50 shops, and I picked up uh, a couple comic books. And in fact, the first few comic books I read with Batman, and it was actually a Superman-Batman uh, adventure called Dark Knights Over Metropolis. Uh, Dark Knight Over Metropolis. And um, and I just started, that's when I, where I started reading it. You know, there were like little like Super Friends cartoons reruns on, and I just started growing my appreciation for really just DC, but Batman and other characters uh, through reading comic books. That, that, and then, of course... That went on to uh, being a big fan of the Burton movies, uh, being a huge fan of uh, the cartoon, the animated series. And so that's kind of where it started. Tim Burton's 1989 Batman film. Did you Were you able to catch that on the big screen or did you catch it on VHS much oh, later? I got that on the big screen. And that, I was not going to miss that. I mean, that. That was, I remember 
the theater and the whole experience being there uh, watching that. That was that was amazing. I mean, those movies are such classics, I think. And uh, I remember how just exhilarating it was just watching this, you know, these characters that you love on the big screen. And uh, no, I loved it. I mean, that, that movie, uh, I think, is a, is a total classic. And I think Burton did a great job. Obviously, the score, the Danny Elfman score, that is the definitive Batman theme, in, in my opinion. And uh, it, was, it, was that, it was great. So you mentioned something about Danny Elfman. We're going to have to ask you a question about Danny Elfman and the Superman theme for Justice League much later on in the podcast. But So you saw that on the big screen, and you said that you're a huge fan of Batman the Animated Series. What was it like watching that as a young man? Because it's, so, it's much like the comic book, right? Like, Tim Burton movie is, you know, like you have aspects of the comic book. It was clearly a Tim Burton film. Whereas the Batman the Animated series was more like you, like you could like feel like this was made by fans of the comic book, like creators, writers, artists. What was it like seeing that as a young, as a much younger person? Well, I mean, by the time the animated series came on, I was already a pretty big DC fan, so I was already pretty absorbed into the comics and into, you know, just just kind of the, the fandom and the toys and everything else. So when the animated series came on, that was, I mean, I still, I, I probably, to me, it's got to be one of the best cartoons, animated shows of all time. And just the level, the quality of the animation and, you know, the music, the story, the, obviously the stories, um, the, the, the characterization of the characters. It was just such a great uh, cartoon, a great, great, great series. Um, and I, I thought it was great. I mean, I think it, it captured Batman, the character. It captured, obviously, yeah. the supporting yeah. cast, like Robin and, and uh, all the characters. And, and, of course, the showcase of the show was the villains. So you had these amazing villains, not just, obviously, Harley Quinn, and, uh, but, I mean, Mambat, and what a great you know, interpretation of Mambat. Uh, uh, the Joker was great. You know, obviously, a lot of, spawned a lot of creative talent as far as in the animation world. Uh, but but that that show also I uh, did, a, did a great job I think for spinning off some other good shows. I mean I, I was a huge fan of, of Superman uh, the the animated series that yeah. spun off of Batman and then of course Justice League uh, as well. And so all that started with the animated series Batman the animated series and um, it took it's a it's a classic. Now I want to I want to rewind a little bit well a lot but you've got an interesting backstory yourself. You said that you got into comics at like around six years old. Now you also immigrated to the country around five, right? So yeah. was, was Batman a, a way to help you like kind of cope with American culture and to like make friends? And did that help out a lot? Do you, do you find yourself going back to that? Well, I think actually what comics did uh, for me was it helped me learn English. Okay. Uh, and really perfected because I, I was, spoke Spanish. I mean, I speak English, so I, I, I talk both, right? So, but I was, uh, you know, I grew up in, in, in Peru, so I only really knew Spanish. And so when I came yeah. to the U.S., uh, comics really helped me kind of read and get acquainted to to the English language. And uh, and, and I just immediately, you know, I just loved going to the comics. That was my kind of my uh, kind of treat as a kid was getting, you know, picking up a comic book. And at the time, they're a lot, you know, a lot uh, less expensive, so you could yeah. afford, you know, some comics for uh, under a buck. Uh, 
And um, yeah, so it did. I think it just helped me transition to learning English and just being acclimated to the country and the culture. And so I, I, I always credit actually my love of comics with acclimating to the U.S. and learning uh, to, I think, be a good writer and going on to be an educator and you know all of that. I think is because I read so much and I consumed so many so many comics. Did you have a group like in your hometown? Did you have like a group of kids that were also into comics with you? Or were you kind of a lone wolf on that? Uh, no, I had I particularly in uh, middle school. I met another another guy with my best buddy who uh, we both loved comics. And so, and in fact, you know, I'm obviously I am a huge Superman fan. That's yeah. kind of like my 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 uh, main uh, love. But of course, I love Batman and everybody else. And he is a hardcore Batman fan, okay. like a hardcore like you guys. And so when we met, uh, we just did everything related to comics together. And we, you know, we created stories. We created our own Superman, Batman theme park when we were younger and we sketched it out. Uh, we watched, of course, the animated series together. Uh, we saw all the Batman movies, uh, particularly towards the end. We actually both worked at the same movie theater in high school. And so uh, I, re I specifically remember like Batman I think it was Batman Forever uh, that when came to the theater when we were both working there. Uh, so you know we had a lot of cool posters, and so he was oh, wow. he, he was the guy that I, to this day we went to go see Batman and the Superman together. Oh and nice. We're still friends, but he's he's a huge Batman fan as am I. But uh, that's kind of how we 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 met and we supported each other's um, interests, fandom interests. That's awesome. All right. So like we've we've already kind of mentioned what some of our favorite heroes are, you know, Superman or Batman, or whatever. But I'm curious to see uh, what are some of your favorite villains in all of the DC universes. And I, I mean, some people have their you know the big go-tos like Lex Luthor and stuff like that. But what are some of your favorite villains that you like to to see the heroes go against from time to time? Uh, I mean, well, first I think it's important to say that the best villains by far are Batman's. And so I mean, that goes to, that goes across i think any sort of like uh spectrum when it comes to comics or there just isn't the, the folks that created those villains and the writers that have kind of spearheaded those through the animated series or the comics they're amazing so you don't get a better cast of villains i think than batman's villains i think that uh villains that that uh that i like i've all i've always liked um just since because i think part of it is because of the animated series but I've always had a thing for the Joker. I just like the character. I think it's a great villain, especially because of the, um, the relationship with, with Batman, you know, and kind of how uh, they're just both incredibly important to each other as as characters uh, and really and in many ways rely on each other, you know? Um, so, uh, but, but as a, you know, as a Superman fan, of course, I've, I've always liked uh, Lex Luthor. Uh, I've, I love the fact that Lex Luthor has, has no powers. And to go up against, uh, you know, obviously the most powerful um, hero out there. And then beyond that, I'm a huge Dark Side and just New Gods fan, so I yeah. love all of the New Gods and all, all that stuff. Um, there's, there's, there's great villain. Who else do I really like? Uh, I really like from a villain perspective. I like Poison Ivy. Um, you, know, you know, now some people don't think she's a villain. I think you know she's a villain. And, mm -hmm. uh, Catwoman is great, so there's a bunch. So for a lot of people, Batman, Superman, all their favorite heroes are symbols for them. 
how has Batman been symbolic for you as a person, as someone who's grown and now is like a mayor of a, of a large city? How, how is that, how's that like the symbol, you know, resonated for you? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, it, it, and I think it's bigger than Batman. I think for me, the idea of, of Batman or Superman or heroes is they teach, I think people, most fans that I meet or folks that read comics or into the shows are actually really good people. And I think it's because these characters teach you really good uh, values. You know, the whole idea of uh, doing the right thing and helping people and truth and justice and uh, being honest and taking care of family. I think those things translate to just also being uh, good people. And, the thing that a lot of people don't realize, sometimes I'll, a lot of people like in, in, in town here in Long Beach know that I, you know, I'm a comic fan. I always say the, the comics is really, it's also literature. I mean, it's, it's basically fiction. It's, 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 a, it's a type of, of, of literature. It's fiction. And there are these, these stories and these characters that are incredibly popular. And it's also American, it's American fiction. Mm-hmm. And if you look at like all the characters that are viewed as um, heroic across like modern history. You know, many are European created. Uh, you go back to you know the ancient Greeks. Uh, you go back to a bunch of different uh, creations that have happened over time. But the the clearest American contribution to like uh, mythology is absolutely comic book heroes. Yeah, and and, and I think that is the American contribution to uh, fiction based on mythology. There is no more famous characters than Batman and Superman. Now they're a worldwide uh, phenomenon and they're, they're, they're well known across the world. But that's that's part of, I think, American history as well. And a lot of people don't realize where those characters also come from. And there is a, there's a political connection to why those characters were created, the time of uh, where we were in American history when those characters were created. So there's just a lot of stuff that I think is interesting to, to how those characters have affected how, how the country has viewed itself, especially during the war, um, but also uh, today. I think people gain good values from characters like Batman and Superman. Definitely. I, I couldn't agree more with you. What What's amazing about these comic book characters, they spanned over 70, 70 plus years. I mean, Superman's about to hit his 80th birthday and what's amazing about these characters is that they have kind of adapted to the time that that you know people you know the writers you know they kind of put them in the time that they are in right now so um is there a favorite uh like time period uh of batman or superman that you really enjoy like frank miller or or do you are are you kind of one of those comic book fans that whatever is being written right now, like Tom King's on the books right now, is that kind of like your like your favorite version? You know, I I have a more to be honest, my favorite version is typically different than most. I really I love the kind of super heroic version of Batman. I, I like like the Grant Morrison uh, yeah. Batman stuff. I actually really like the way Jeff Johns writes Batman. Uh, you know, I I loved uh, some of those modern kind of. I, I know I know that a lot of people go to Frank Miller or some of those darker stories, which are great. Um, but I I I really like when Batman has, uh, you know, 
just crazy gadgets and is doing really wild stuff. And uh, so to me, the Morrison run was really interesting. And I really like that version of kind of Batman and Robin. And, and, uh, and but I think, look, I think when, when, when recently, at least, like Scott Snyder and the kind of Court of Owls and all oh, that yeah. recent stuff, I think is really great. The current stuff is good. And then I take it all the way back. I and mean, I think, you know, um, there's some great story. I mean, you think about standalone stuff. Uh, obviously, the Killing Joke, while very dark, is a classic you know, Batman story. Uh, but my favorite version probably is just some of the Grant Morrison stuff. I really, I just like that kind of crazy anything could happen Batman. Cool. You're 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 throwing around a lot of names there, so I'm I'm guessing that you still stay current. And as a comic book nerd, that like we are, we always have at least one run of something that we were reading. I know you have. I know you're a busy dude that, you know, you're taking care of the city, but do you have that one book that you still pick up, like, when it comes out that you have to read? Uh, I don't have just one book I read. Nice. I read every single, religiously, every single Wednesday. I get uh, all my, you know, all my books. Yes. And I still read. Uh, I don't get, I don't read them all at once because, you know, I, when I get a free afternoon on a weekend or maybe there's an evening I come home and maybe after dinner I can read some, read some. But I still religiously read, um, you know, what I'm reading right now is uh, all the Superman books. Uh, I'm reading Batman. I'm reading Detective. Oh, wow. I'm reading Justice League. I'm reading uh, Teen Titans. I'm reading the new Metal books, of course. Wow. Uh, I'm reading, um, what else am I reading? Uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, so, yeah, so I still, I still read what's going on currently. And then on occasion, I'll look and read something that's, that happened in the past. Is there is it like you said Grant Morrison is like one of you, like the the Batman writer for you? Um, a lot of the guests that we've had on before have mentioned other uh, writers like Paul Dini and Frank Miller. Um, do those do those writers do they have you know kind of the same? Do you still do you have like a love for what they were able to bring to the character of Batman as well? Of course, I mean I, I didn't mention Paul Dini. I think partly just because. We talked a lot about the animated series. I mean, I, I obviously, if you think about like classic Batman, I mean, Paul Dini is like classic Batman. Like there isn't, that is classic Batman. Uh, so of course I like Paul Dini. I do like Frank Miller. I have like a, I have like a love, sometimes not love for Frank Miller, depending on like what is going on. So obviously he's a genius and his stuff is amazing. Um, but I, I really... I like the super heroics of, and, the, and Paul Dini actually I think did a great job of capturing the super heroics of Batman, you know, and uh, and I and I think the same thing. I think Grant Morrison did did the same thing, or, or take like a like a book like well, when Hush came out. I mean, Hush is still more modern, but Hush was was great. I mean, that and just in you know, in how many issues is that? Was that twelve issues, I think. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. That they captured all the great classic villains. They, you know, captured the whole supporting cast and was drawn by Jim Lee, which is, I think, the best um, living artist uh, and can draw, you know, Batman and all the characters and better than almost than almost anyone of the current modern artists. So, um, so yeah. So I think those are those are all really great. Now on the on the art side of the comic books, you 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 kind of just brought you kind of grazed it but 
going going back, do you prefer that kind of artwork to the modern now that's... I mean, the artwork nowadays is just so insane that we get that beautiful a print on our comic book pages. Like like you said, every Wednesday when you open up your comics, it's you're looking at a different piece of art. I mean, the other ones kind of got cookie... The old ones got cookie cutter here and there. But there's something about that old feeling. You get that warmth off those colors in the pages. Like, how do you feel about the, the artwork? Yeah, I mean, I I can appreciate, like, the whole spectrum of the artwork. So I can appreciate, like, Darren Cook's art, for example, right? And just how clean and just simple it is uh, and, it's, and beautiful it is. Um, but, I mean, if I'm talking about my favorite kind of art. I just, I love like Jim Lee style. I, yeah. I love, I think it's because also I, I collected so much in the nineties. So that was at, at the height of where I was in just absorbing a, a massive amount of comic books. And Jim Lee, I think at the time with X-Men and what he was doing he was, uh, with, uh, in Marvel. Uh, and then uh, with Wildstorm, I was such a big fan of everything he was doing. So when he started doing DC stuff, that for me, he draws kind of the classic versions of each character. So I think for me, Jim Lee it does it best. Now, you know, you could argue that, uh, that there's others that, that, that do the same, um, but I'm a, I'm a Jim Lee kind of diehard guy. And I've met him, you know, many times, uh, which is awesome. I, I just recently saw him at the offices, the DC offices here uh, uh, here in LA. We went out to visit, and he's, he's great. So Nice. Right on. Uh, so, so over the years, with the live-action adaptations of uh, Batman and Superman and all that, they've taken some nods from the comic series, and sometimes they do their own original stuff. Are there any, like, classic tales from, like, the comics that you would like to see inspire future movies someday? Hmm. I mean, Hush is amazing. So I, I, think, I, think, Hush is totally. I think Hush could actually be very easily... Um, Transfer transfer over to like some kind of storyline in, in the comics. So I think I think Hush is great. I mean, think recently I really like the Court of Owls stuff. But that's of the recent stuff. But uh, I think Hush would be a was a great story. There's a, I mean, there's a lot of great uh, stories. I mean, from the animated series stuff that I think are obviously kind of classic stories. I'm trying to think, I, I really liked. Uh, I, I mean, I love like Death in the Family. Uh, which I think is a really classic, uh, classic story as well. But uh, to me, Hush is the most, like in the modern, like you know, DC extended universe. That's the one that I think that makes the most like sense. Speaking of uh, DC extended universe, um, what you I, I see you all the time talking about Zack Snyder on on Twitter. Like you praise him, and we're we're huge fans of his. We think that uh, Watchmen's a masterpiece. We love Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Like there were issues, like everyone, like no film was perfect. We've said this many times, but what's it? What we the, one of the re main reasons that we reached out to you is because you love the what's been going on. Like just a couple days ago, you said you know you're looking forward to Justice League, you know, being the third part of the Zack Snyder, you know, DC, you know, universe. What was it about, you know, Man of Steel and BBS and, you know, now we're, we're just weeks away from Justice League. What was it about him 
what he was able to bring to these characters. You know, obviously we got Henry Cavill, who's amazing Superman, Ben Affleck, who might possibly be the best iteration of a live action version of the character. What was it about Snyder for you that you just unabashedly just support and we support as well? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think that his movies each individually are masterpieces. I mean, they're, they are, I don't know how you can watch those movies and not love and appreciate the cinematography and the music and the way he puts together. He's so visionary. The thing about, I think, visionary directors is they're often controversial. And I mean, I couldn't tell you who directed every single Marvel movie. I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it was some of them, but you know, you know James Gunn and, and, but those movies to me, they're, they're lacking in the kind of vision. And he had a clear, and I appreciate the vision that he had in creating the, the universe. Henry Cavill, was, I, I love Chris Reed. Like, I love the classic Superman stuff. I loved, you know, the Tim Burton Batman and Christian Bale and all that stuff was great. But I think this universe is, for me, the best iteration of taking these characters and putting a modern spin to them for today's audience. And uh, Ben Affleck is, in my opinion, by far the best Batman. Yes. And Bruce there, You can't, I mean, that costume, that is the comic book version of Batman on the big screen. It's un, I mean, it looks amazing. Uh, and so, sure. Did I, you know, was, was Man of Steel the exact iteration of Superman that I wanted to see? I would have changed some things, but that was his vision. And I appreciate he's the artist. He's the filmmaker, not me. And so I'm going to enjoy his film. And a lot of other people did as well. And I think that if you're, if you like what's going on now, like with Wonder Woman, or you're liking what you see so far in Justice League, that's all Zack Snyder's vision. Like, he created this universe. He, he's the one that cast all of these great people. Yes. So I think um, I think that uh, I love Batman v Superman. I, I, thought, it was, I thought it was great. Uh, it, it, it's Obviously, it's, I think it's very complex, and so I thought people weren't used to, like, the complexity of, of the movie, but just... You know the opening scene of uh, of young Bruce kind of running with the you know the casket the, the way it's shot it's just it's great cinematography and it's great filmmaking and I think that is what lacks in a lot of comic book films I think generally so uh, Link Zack Snyder is great I think Justice League I hope will be great it looks like it's going to be and I think the future is bright for the DC universe. What's great about Snyder is if you look at Man of the ending of Man of Steel, and then that opening sequence with Bruce, you know, driving in Metropolis. I don't know if you've ever seen the YouTube videos where they kind of like put, of course. Of course. Well, like, like clearly this man's visionary. Because how do you like how are you able to make that all happen in like a film? It's like that's like comic book stuff brought into life. Like it's just, like it's crazy. When I was in the theater and watching, watching Batman v Superman, and it said. The transition, right, from the, the, the funeral scene over to the world was introduced to the Superman, uh, you know, and it was and it was the, the Bruce Wayne kind of version of events of what happened. I remember I thought this is like a genius. Like we're watching Bruce Wayne's, um, you know, interpretation of what happened. So that was that opening sequence in itself is amazing filmmaking. And I think that is what 
I love about Zack Snyder, and I think he gets such a there's like so much hate for him, um, which I think is totally unwarranted. But I think it's partly because he's such a a genius filmmaker that typically these really strong creative visionary types get this kind of backlash. And so you see it with a lot of other other directors. But uh, I think he's he's great. I, I, I wish he'd make, keep making more movies for DC. Now, something that is is pretty is pretty well known about you now is that you would like to be I mean who wouldn't but you would like to be mayor of Gotham City correct I, of course I love to be mayor of Gotham City or any city I mean that it, it's it's not it's not a out of the question sort of thing either we we've seen we've seen elected officials that have been in past Batman movies um I mean we're totally gung ho for it. We think we should make this happen. Um, what, what do you have to say about that? Like, what do you, do you are you are you gonna like go after this and try to pursue this? I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna go after it, but uh, but you know, obviously, I think uh, I've seen a lot of elected officials make cameos in these movies. So I've met, I've had a chance to meet Diane Nelson in the past, and uh, yeah. and, um, and and Jeff, obviously, and other other people. So. Be happy to do it, but that's I'm not going to certainly campaign for it. <laughs> well, we're totally rooting for you over here, so that would be incredible, man. That would be really cool. I'd love to see you in the Matt Reeves, the Batman, which we're all excited for. I think that'd be awesome to kind of see you, you know, standing next to J.K. Simmons' version of Commissioner Gordon. Like, what, I mean, what an amazing version of Commissioner Gordon, right? Yeah. I mean, that scene and the the trailer, of course, where. It's got you know Batman and Wonder Woman and the Flash. What a, what a great little scene that is! It's so good. I, every time I see that any of the trailers, and we get one tomorrow, or tomorrow, right. yeah, we get one tomorrow. So we're, we're definitely pumped about that. What are you looking forward to out of this final trailer going into Justice League? Well, I have mixed feelings about whether or not I want to see Superman or not. So mm. uh, I like this buildup that they've been doing. I mean, obviously he's going to be in the movie. But I like the buildup of not showing him. Yeah. And it's kind of, and they've done a nice job of kind of really making you want to see him now. So I think his return in the movie is going to be similar to the Wonder Woman kind of no man's land when she first, they're going to do something really big for his return. Yeah. And, and one thing that, that, uh, that and I'm, I'm, I'm excited about, and I've always believed this to be true from the day, and, and, and I think Zack Snyder has alluded to this, and so has Cameron Cavill, you know, movie was called Man of Steel, I think, for a reason. And I think part of it is because he wasn't Superman. They never called him Superman in the first movie, you know? And I think I think he grew as a character, obviously, uh, in the next movie, with Batman v Superman, he grew again, and the world started calling him Superman. And I think when he comes back, I think what's going to happen is, it's you know, it's in many ways he's going to be a rebirth, but in many ways he's going to now be think the character that more folks recognize because he's been through everything else in, from a storyline perspective. I think that's what's great about Zack Snyder too is, you know, he's thinking long-term. He's viewed this as a multi, multi-story multi arc. I mean, this all connects. If you think about Justice League, it connects to Batman v Superman and Batman v Superman connects to Man of Steel in a very, in a way that is much more intentional than I think other shared universes. It is literally the continuation of the same story. So I, I it, it is, a, in my opinion, it is a trilogy. There's no question to me. It is a, a three-part, um, 
you said that you were looking forward to like the three part version of it. Do you do you also enjoy the philosophical, you know, questions that Zack Snyder brought to it? Like there's a moment where, you know, Charlie Rose is talking to the senator about, you know, must there be a Superman? And it brings up like all these different questions because if an alien super power being came to, you know, the earth, like this planet for real, like we would all be like doing what was happening in, you know, that film. Do you like that aspect or would you much rather them spend more time on uh, just action fight sequences per se? I mean, I like that. I know that a lot of people don't like that. So I get, I think there has to be a happy balance to appease like folks like me and like mass audiences who a lot don't like that kind of stuff. You know, they just want, you know, and I think obviously with Wonder Woman, it was a little bit more of a linear kind of story. So I think that's probably where we're going, which is fine. You know, I think I think that's fine. Uh, but but I, I do like, I mean, I do like the kind of stuff. And I think, for example, the big controversial moment in Man of Steel where obviously he snaps Zod's neck at the end. And that was so divisive for people and the big thing. And I get that, but... Like, I also think, like, what else should he have done? <laughs> I mean, you know, if you have a, a someone that's going to a mass murderer, I think you have to make those top those tough choices. And so I, 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 the fact that that was in the movie and that it caused so much controversy, I think is a testament to the movie. It, that it actually – the thing that people don't realize is these films are incredibly – people, like, love them passionately, hate them passionately, but people talk about them. And I think it's better to have your films yeah. talked about we're still debating and talking about Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, and people are still talking about it. I, you know, no one's debating what happened in Iron Man three, and I can't even remember what happened in Iron Man three. So I think that there is a there is more of a weight to these movies, which I think is good. Right, and what we keep seeing is like this weird like fandom like blog where now that Zack Snyder had that tragedy and Joss Whedon like had to come in and put the final touches. A lot of people are, you know, saying that, look, oh, this is going to be Josh Snyder, uh, Josh Snyder, <laughs> Josh Whedon's, <laughs> well, maybe that was intentional, uh, Josh Whedon's, you know, film. Do you, you, since you're such a fan, do you, do you, are, are you, when you hear something like that, what, what are you thinking? Are you like, no, are you trying to like type out on Twitter? No, this is still Zack Snyder's film or how, how do you, how do you like handle all that? Because we're, we're like, no, this is still Zack Snyder's film. It is Xander's film. I mean, I think Thank you. first of all, most of the most of the chatter uh, doesn't happen for all the for the Disney movies or for Star Wars or it, you know the amount of turmoil in the Star Wars franchise is like glossed over by most folks. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. The amount of changes in movie directors or other other things and what's going on in the Star Wars movies or some of the. Uh, the Marvel films, they get completely glossed over. But for whatever reason, people are like obsessed about what happens within the DCEU kind of palace intrigue of behind the scenes. And that's because people are so passionate about the movies because they, they give you such a reaction that I think that's what good art is about. I mean, good art is about getting a strong re emotional reaction from people. And that's what the movies have done. This is Zack Snyder's movie. At no time has anybody ever said from Warner's that it's not Zack Snyder's movie. I mean, Joss has said it's Zack Snyder's movie. The actors have said it's Zack Snyder's movie. 
the Jeff and everyone else have said it's Zack Snyder's movie. So what else do we need to hear to just accept the fact that it's Zack Snyder's movie? It's going to say a film by Zack Snyder when we watch it. So there's, I mean, every the the kind of this Joss Whedon, you know, we shot the, a third of the movie. It is just, it's just, just a bunch of kind of blogger talk out in the world, and I, I get that because we feed off the rumors and, and we absorb all the information, but we have to take it for what it is. It's Zack Snyder's movie. Josh Whedon came in. He filmed. You know, he he shot some additional scenes. He put he he filled in parts of the movie that needed to get filled in. Zack supported Josh coming in and doing that, and. It's Zach's cast, it's Zach's story, it's Zach's uh, crew. Uh, he selected everybody. So, so to, for, for people to understand that for Joss, to have, for a director to direct, you are bringing in a whole group, you're bringing in a team. So you know, you're doing directing, but there are cinematographers and artists and, and, and people that are creating costumes and the, the score. And so I just feel that, um, yeah, Joss came in and helped, but he did it with Zach's team, and Zach was involved, and I think it's going to be great. And I think, I think people are way too, you know, way too into it. So I agree with you. <laughs> uh, I, I have one more question. Like, the the other day, uh, we found out from Danny Elton, who did, like you mentioned earlier, that, you know, definitive Batman version of, you know, the score – now, if we hear, now he's already kind of confirmed that we're going to hear the the Superman theme in Man of Steel. So, are you excited for that? And are you hopeful that we hear the classic Danny Elfman Batman score in Justice League as well? I, I love it. So, I and I, I and I actually I think I put it on Twitter and I I tweeted out that, that I was excited about it. And of course, I said I know a lot of DCU like Zack Snyder purists aren't excited about it. Uh, I personally am very excited about it because, first, on, on the Superman side, that is, I mean, I love the Man of Steel score, but that's the super, the Superman theme from the Superman movie. That is the Superman theme. I don't care how many more movies yes. come out or, or what else happens. The John Williams score will always be the Superman theme. And, um, and to incorporate that into this film, I think, is smart, regardless of how you do it. And on the Batman side, that's the same thing. Now, obviously, people know the TV version uh, as well. But the Elfman score, uh, I think, so defined the modern Batman that if we hear that at any point in the Justice League movie, I think, I'll, I think like you guys probably, I mean, I'll, I'll blow my mind. And that, that'll, be, that'll be unbelievable if we hear the Elfman Batman score in Justice League. That, that's, that, to me, is like, it would, it would be... Uh, that would be pretty amazing. It's the ultimate <laughs> level of nostalgia. If that happens, it'll just, it'll, it'll make everything so warm and perfect. Um, as we begin to wrap this podcast up, usually we're, we're, we're talking to people that are working on, uh, like working on comics or movies or stuff. But, uh, what are you, what are you working on as Mara Long Beach? What are you, what are you working on? What are the people that follow you have to look forward to you doing? And, uh, where can we find you on social media and whatnot? Where, where can people get a hold of you? Sure. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Long Beach is a, it's a big city. It's about half a million people. So yeah. I always, a lot of people don't realize the size of the city. And um, it's bigger in population than, you know, cities like Atlanta or New Orleans or St. Louis. And it's a big California city on the coast. A lot of typical challenges that any big city has. 
but things are, are things are good. I mean, I think like most mayors, we're focused on ensuring that there's good jobs. My employment's really low. Crime in Long Beach is right now at historic lows, which is great. It's a safe community. Um, but the big issues for us, I think, as mayors, are around issues around climate change, protecting the planet. Uh, it's no joke that the planet is getting warmer, and that 50 years from now, this will be a a very uh, different climate. And we we've got to be more serious about protecting the planet long term. So. For us, that's a big issue. Uh, uh, other issues around just making sure we're being sustainable and building sustainable uh, communities. So all, this, all the same things you hear about as mayor, we're, things are good. I'm, I've been mayor for three years. Yeah. Um, so I, it's good to uh, you know re- re- represent uh, D.C. in the mayor circuit, um, and uh, it's been great. Yeah, and, and we- from a social media perspective, I mean, I'm uh, on t- Twitter is what I use most. For myself, I'm at Robert Garcia LB. So it's at Robert Garcia LB. I'm on Facebook, which is just Robert Garcia. And um, yeah. You check out Mayor Garcia's uh, Twitter page because he's constantly putting something DC up. I mean, he posts as much DC stuff as we do. So, <laughs> and I know that's how, how Justin found out about you and Zack Snyder and everything. And it, it was. It was incredible having you on the show. You're, you're an all-around awesome guy. We had a blast talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on Shanley and on Batman, Mary Garcia. Hey, thank you guys, and keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that's going to be it for episode 100 here for us here at Shanley on Batman. I just want to give a huge shout-out to Robert Garcia for coming on the show. Uh, and also a big shout-out to everyone that's been supporting us on Patreon so far. Uh, definitely a big shout-out to Trayvon Brady over there. He's been our biggest supporter since the beginning of Patreon. Uh, and that's, uh, that's going to be a wrap on this episode. Do you have, do you guys have anything else you want to add before we close it out? Yeah. Episode hundred. want to thank Robert Garcia. If you want to, uh, follow us on Twitter, which I know you already do. If you're listening to this, make sure that you follow us at, uh, Shannon on Bat. You can find me at Batman Shannon. You can find Tom at Batman base slap. And you can find Kyle at looting Kyle. And I'm going to work on some Instagram stuff, get that going. We're, you know, we're on Facebook still. We're on all that stuff. If you haven't checked out the Patreon, things we offer, make sure you do that. So thank you so much, Robert Garcia. Episode 100 is in the can. Yes. Stay tuned. I am the night. I am the night.